Where does yesterday's future, which is already here, already here, already here, already here, already here, meet today's future, which is about to happen, and tomorrow's future, which could be just minutes away? Welcome to Technology Revolution, the future of now, where host Bonnie D. Graham asks savvy futurists for their predictions about the tech-driven trends that are shaping our future right now. Here's your host, who will take us into the future of now, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Already here, already here, already here. That's the voice of my co-producer, Ryan Treasure, the one and only VP of, I call him VP of everything, at Voice America World Talk Radio. This is Technology Revolution, the future of now. We've got a really, really cool topic for you. Very timely. No, we're not talking about the pandemic. We're not talking about that. We're keeping it light, a little bit fluffy and a little bit business today. So let me read some buzz quotes for you that will set us up. And I've got an amazing panel today. So here's a quote uh, from BrainShark.com. They say, as video adoption for content marketing continues to rise, and we know that's the truth, there's no doubt that more organizations are looking to online video to improve their strategies. Smartphone and tablet adoption have created a prime opportunity for more mobile video content. Now, you all know what this means. We are distancing. We are trying to keep in front of each other and keep messaging and being friends and doing business as best we can, and video is the rage because it makes sense. But if you're still not convinced I have a few more quotes from you. Here's a quote from someone named Joe Polizzi and he says the sheer cost of video production has come down to a point where there are no barriers to entry. Sidebar, think, hold up your smartphone. You can make video. Buyers have devices that can play videos with them all the time. Yes, thank you, Joe Polisi. Here's a quote from Dan Patterson. Humans are incredibly visual, and powerful moving images help us find meaning. Thank you, Dan Patterson. Yes, we need that. Here's a quote from Vern Marker. More than 150 million people view videos online every year. Most of them ripe to hear your business's pitch if you produce and market your video effectively. Now, we're talking about business video, but we're talking about all video, things you can make on your own to keep in touch with people. So I have four experts on the panel. They really are experts. They're savvy. They're cool people. They're great. They're energetic. And they've been in the trenches doing this for a long time. I'll tell you who they are, and then I'll ask each of them to introduce themselves briefly. Welcoming back Lorraine Maurice. She is recently a host of one of my SAP Game Changers series. We miss her dearly. We hope she'll come back. Lorraine Maurice will We'll talk in a moment. We have Richard Hegarty, Digital Marketing Institute, perfect for this panel. Richard was on another show with me a few weeks ago, and I commandeered him for today. Barbara Giamanco, also on the same show with Richard. She is the head, the lead, the founder of Social Centered Selling. She's also a guru in this field, and rounding out the panel is another one of our favorite guests, Marco Kai at SAP. Welcome, panelists. I'm so happy we're taking an hour together out of our I can't say busy day anymore. I don't know what we're all doing. So Lorraine Maurice, welcome back on radio with me. I have missed you dearly, Lorraine. Why don't you tell everybody who you are and what does video look, Ma, I'm on camera, the future of B2C video. That's our topic. What does this mean to you? Lorraine, talk to me. I am excited to be back, Bonnie, and so thank you for having me. And I am a senior director with uh, SAP in our global marketing department. So I'll answer in two ways. From a personal perspective, video for me is truly an engaging personal to pe- like person to person opportunity, mm-hmm. but it also for me is an educational opportunity. I can do almost anything by watching a video, whether especially in these days, whether it's kind of fix my 
refrigerator temperature or, you know, create a new recipe. It's all on video. And from a business perspective, I truly become a, a trusted advisor to those I work with by demonstrating my authenticity online. Thank you, Lorraine. So well put. And I still hope you'll come back with your Game Changers radio series. By the way, this your series is one of the shows that inspired me to do this topic today because you've covered the value of business video, video B2C, for small businesses, mid-sized businesses for years. So it's always been one of my favorite topics. Lorraine, so happy to have you back. We'll get your series back. Don't worry about it. Let's move around the table. Let's talk to Richard Hegarty at the Digital Marketing Institute. Richard, please, in case there's possibly one person in the world who didn't hear you on my show a couple weeks ago, just tell them who you are and what your passion is for this topic. Welcome, Richard. Sure. Thanks, Bonnie. I thoroughly enjoyed being on the show and good to be back. Yeah, so I'm Richard Hegarty and I work uh, at the Digital Marketing Institute and uh, we provide global training um, and certification training for digital marketers and social selling. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my role is really managing new business there. So I spend my days and spent uh, the last uh, kind of 10 years in my sales career, five of those last years spent speaking with businesses and professionals uh, um, globally uh, around their strategy for upskilling. Um, so video is really everything for me. I mean, you know, obviously today more than ever, but it, it always has been for the last number of years, uh, you know, in terms of uh, how I do my business, uh, how I work uh, with my global customers. We do all, always have in the last number of years been doing video conferencing calls Um you know, uh, demos that I produce and, and implement, um, uh, business webinar meetings. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm quite international. I've traveled a fair bit and I've lots of friends that uh, have either moved abroad or friends I've met abroad. So I spend a lot of time using video to connect with them. And as, uh, you know, as Lorraine mentioned, uh, and, and nice to, to meet her on the show, um, it, it's, it's learning. I, I learn an upskill mm-hmm. very visually. I, I learn by watching others or watching how to do something. So whether it's, YouTube and how to fix something in the house or actually upskilling myself, video provides a platform for that. So uh, really excited to be here and looking forward to speaking with uh, the rest of the panel as well. Thank you so much. I love the learning aspect Lorraine mentioned and Richard echoed. Yes, we all look for how do I do this or that. Is it worth taking the back of the refrigerator apart because the ice maker is right now not working? Or can I call somebody now? Nobody will come to your house to fix it, but maybe we can figure it out. So there you go. Thank you both. Let's move around the table. Barbara Giamanco, I I missed you. You haven't been on with me in two weeks, for goodness sake. What's going on? Barb, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? I know the world knows you, but just let's pretend somebody doesn't. Go ahead. Uh, Thank you, Bonnie. That's so gracious. I appreciate it, and I'm glad to be back. So what everybody needs to know about me is my passion has always been about igniting sales transformation. It's a great profession to be in, although sometimes people still have some bias against us. So I've been uh, for 25-plus years leading teams in corporate America and selling, you know, my entire career and now running my own business for about the last uh, 8 to 10, uh, close to 14 years now. I've been, uh, you know, a consultant and executive coach to sales and marketing leaders. The big thing that interests me about video, which sort of builds on what I believe in anyway, is that today it's really more than ever about messaging, perception, and, you know, from a selling point of view, that prospect experience. What does that interaction feel like, whether it's B2B or B2C? And 
with all due respect to Mr. Paluzzi, who I think is an amazing guy, mm-hmm. sure, we can make vid- video easily, but if the quality sucks, are you really creating a great impression? And so I'm here to talk about why I think that's so important to get it right. Thank you. Good aspect there, Barb. I appreciate that. Yes, it is important, but we know that with the skills on smartphones today, supposedly almost anyone can produce a really good video. And I think the 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 line the line in the sand, Barb, and everybody is that if you're in a business and you want that quality, the authenticity Lorraine mentioned, the learning capability, a lot of the things Richard said, it has to be decent quality. It can't be sloppy. It can't be awful. And so what are some of the ways to fine tune whatever you can do? Low barrier to entry, maybe no barrier to entry, but it still has to look and sound good. Barb, you are so right. Thank you for that. Now, Marco Kai, we'd love to have you reintroduce yourself to my audience. Go ahead, Marco. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on the call again. Um, glad to join the call today. Uh, my name is Marco. I work for SAP Digital Enablement Service Team. Our commission is to transform our organization into digitally uh, future-facing um, uh, company that can totally handle the, the future competitions. Um, so for me, the video, in a simple way, just put it simple, is just an absolutely dominating way of uh, uh, how, how information is, uh, is carried uh, in current mm-hmm. days. But in a much deeper uh, level, I think a video is actually impacting every aspect of our life. It's a new normal of, of our life. It's um, reshaping how the customer consider uh, the, the brain injury and also um, impacting people's mentality, how, how we behave, how we, how we think, how we consume information. So uh, in a deeper way, it's really, uh, I can't, I think it's safe to say it's really reshaping the future where our future is going. Um, it's, there has been a lot of debates like how this is actually an uh, impact on the millennial, how to think, how to behave. Uh, so there could be, uh, uh, there could be a, a lot of a different opinions. So I'm really interested and super excited to hear to what the experts, other experts um, are thinking and uh, to exchange ideas how this is going to reshape our uh, future of our business. Thank you, Marco. Great comments. I can tell everybody on the panel has a passion for the topic. That's why I invited you. Okay. <laughs> and interesting, I, I've been producing my own uh, cable access TV show for about 25 years. But when I was on Long Island, I moved to Durham, North Carolina about two and a half years ago. When I was on Long Island, I had access to a wonderful studio about a mile and a half from my house. We had a volunteer crew. People came in. Every Anybody from 16 years old to 85 years old were my crew members, camera people, and directors. Down here, they don't have that kind of volunteer support setup. So I'm producing in my home and I'm using Zoom for remote guests. I'm projecting them from my iPad onto a 65-inch Samsung Smart TV. I have a Mevo camera across the room. We are filming them side-by-side with me at my desk and them on the TV as though we're side-by-side in a studio. I know it's a stretch of belief, but it works. And then I can see them across the room because the output from the Mevo on the director's iPad goes to another TV across the room from me so I can see what we look like. It's quite jury-rigged, but it works pretty well. So I know, I know, I know. We're also, just for all of you who are listening, we're starting to do video. Lorraine, you asked about this. I'm starting to use Zoom as a video component for many of my radio shows for some new clients. So we will be 
filming people talking with each other visually in Zoom, and the audio component will still go out live on Voice America Radio. So we're adding that, and I've ordered a pop-up green screen. How about that, Barb Giamanco? So I can have a really cool, clean, clear, chroma key, crisp background behind me, and that's coming today. I'm so excited. So thank you for letting me tell my side of the story here. Lorraine Maurice, you're up first. This is the part of the show where I've asked my panelists to send me a quote that has nothing to do with the topic, and they're going to explain. Let's keep it to about two minutes each because we have so much to talk about what it has to do with our topic. Lorraine has picked a wonderful quote from Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland. He wrote, and if you don't know who he is, Charles Lutwidge Dodgson, 1832 to 1898. His pen name was Lewis Carroll, English writer of children's fiction, notably Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and the sequel Through the Looking Glass. And here's the quote Lorraine picked. I love this, Lorraine. I can't go back to yesterday because I was a different person then. Lorraine, I want to sigh. This is so implicable today. <laughs> ah! Lorraine, talk to me. How'd you pick this, and what does it have to do with video? Uh, first of all, it makes me sigh and laugh. And the reason I asked you if we were going to be on video is because I needed to add lipstick. Um, uh, <laughs> if we were going to be online. I have mine on, Lorraine. I always do radio with lipstick, full makeup, jewelry, a nice black dress, good shoes. That's how I do radio, just so you know. Okay, well, go ahead. And, and actually, so I agree. I, so really the reason I like this is that, that, you know, there's another phrase about history repeats itself. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do something different and you shouldn't move forward with a new idea and a new strategy. So when I was thinking about this topic and this quote, yeah, I am a totally different person. The world I live in is, is evolved and is different. And I do understand history, but that makes me a better marketer, a better friend, a better person, because I can understand um, from what I've learned, and I can understand from technology, and I can understand the new kind of the problems and opportunities available to my circle, my social circle, my business circle today. So, you know, I can't go back to yesterday where everything was maybe you know, a telephone call, even a text for that matter. But in terms of this topic, I can be less, uh, even though I have lipstick and my hair is done as well, but I can be less <laughs> worried about, like, some of those, like, I don't know, you know, physical type things and more concerned about the content I'm delivering and how I'm, you know, giving my message. And so that's why I chose the quote is that, we're, we've evolved, and all of these, it's impactful everywhere. Thank you, Lorraine. I love it. It's so meaningful today. We won't go into why, but everybody knows. Thank you very much, Richard Hegarty. Going around the table to you, you've selected a quote from the Oracle in the Matrix Revolutions. I didn't know what this character was. I'll read the quote in a second. The Oracle is a fictional character in the Matrix franchise. She was created by the Wachowskis, played by Gloria Foster in the first and second films, and by Mary Alice in the third. In the first film, the Oracle, I have to say it that way, Richard, the Oracle, is a mysterious but powerful <laughs> figure incongruously depicted as a cheerful old lady. Ooh, am I a cheerful old lady? I don't know. As a cheerful old lady, no, who smokes cigarettes and bakes cookies. I just bake. She possesses the power of foresight. I think all quote-unquote old ladies have foresight, which she uses to advise and guide the humans attempting to fight the Matrix. Here's the quote. Everything that has a beginning has an end. Oh, Richard, I don't know if this is sad or prophetic. Talk to me. How do we get this quote? 
playing funny, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's it's optional how you want to look at it. So, I mean, um, <laughs> well, I think it's Touché. comforting, especially you know, uh, in the present moment, uh, you know that you know everything that has a beginning has an end. Um, I think personally, on a personal note, you know, I'm looking at this thinking if I could take that on board with things in my life, I, I'd be a happier guy. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I suppose it's what I what I'm taking from that in the context of what we're discussing today and thinking about content. You know, thinking about content and content. You know, in my mind, is is telling sto- telling a story. You know, and and in in you know in Ireland we like to tell stories, um, and uh, you know they, they've they've got to have a beginning, middle, and end. It's got to make sense. It's got to be able to connect with people. Uh, and I think the same is is for content, video content, any content that we produce. Uh, and not to just produce it for the sake of it, you know, to just get more content out, but to really try and think about, you know, what, what's the story here? What are we telling? Um, the same applies for everything that we're doing, you know, with technology, with our strategy. It, it all has a beginning and an end. So I think we need to be really kind of, at least I need to be um, recreating myself, always willing to kind of go back and start again. If something's working, you know, that's great, but there's going to be a new type of strategy, a channel, a way of doing something. So just to be open and fluid in that regard. So that's, that's why I picked that today. Thank you. Love the quote. I don't know if it's happy or sad, but it's certainly interesting, and I know it's very, very true. Barb Giamanco has picked a quote from Tony Robbins, Anthony J. Robbins, born Anthony J. Mahavoric. He's very much alive and well, born in 1960. I get to call him a young man, Barb. American author, public speaker, life coach, philanthropist, known for his infomercials, his seminars, his self-help books, including Unlimited Power, published in 1987. That's a that's a millennium ago. And Awaken the Giant Within, published back in 1993. He was listed in 2015 and 16 on the Worth Magazine Power 100 list. Here is the quote Barb is selected from the many quotable moments of Tony Robbins. Your life is controlled by what you focus on. Hmm. Go ahead, Barb. What does this mean to us? Well, first of all, I've been a fan of Tony Robbins for forever, and believe it or not, uh, my dog-eared copy of Unlimited Power sits on my desk, and I constantly flip through and find great things to uh, to think about. The reason why I feel like this is so important, regardless of the times, is I really am a believer that whatever we put our attention on, that's kind of what we draw to us. Not trying to be too new agey, but isn't it interesting that if you tend to go into life with a positive attitude and you look for the good and ways to be helpful and useful, you tend to attract, you know, situations that are also positive. And I've seen the converse part of it be true. How does it fit our topic? Well, you know, if you're thinking about it from a sales point of view, and especially if we're talking about video, what's your focus? Is your focus in service of current and future customers? Or are you just trying to sell something? You know, is your focus on really being useful and thinking about what's important to the person that you're talking with? Or are you just trying to get something for yourself? So I think it's both an attitude and approach to life, but also to business. And I just thought it was applicable for today. Thank you very much. It certainly is. Appreciate that, Barb. Great choice. And Barb, there's a pun in there. What you focus on? Video, focus, your camera. Okay, we'll leave that one on the table. Oh, see, now I didn't pick up on that. That would have made made me sound really smart if I'd Uh, said that. Well... Barb, you already sound smart enough. Come on, let the rest of us sound smart too. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that with great appreciation. And Marco Guy, 
<laughs> Sorry, I got to get a pun in there somewhere, Barb. You know me. Uh, let's see what Marco Kai, he selected a uh, quote very, somewhat similar to the others, but interesting from Mahatma Gandhi, Moham, Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi, 1869 to 1948. 1948 was a very good year. Let's leave that alone. Was an Indian lawyer, an anti-colonial nationalist, a political ethicist who used nonviolent resistance to lead the successful campaign for India's independence from British rule. And anybody wants to know Mahatma is Sanskrit for venerable or great souled. It was first applied to him in 1914 in South Africa, and now it's used all over the world. Here's the quote, another beautiful one Marco picked. The future depends on what you do today. Marco, talk to me. Video, what's the application? Sure. So uh, Gandhi is absolutely my inspiration. And I think the quote itself is quite self-explanation, uh, uh, explaining as, as well. Uh, it can apply to our personal life, like how we face the change the, in our lives, like uh, when we need to make um, critical decisions. But when it comes to the business, like uh, if you just look at, uh, very simply, just look at the, uh, the down and rise of the uh, Fortune 500, uh, 500 companies, like do you, have you noticed how the digital companies or the companies that are trying um, to cr- trying to make efforts to, to digitalize has been uh, really uh, taking the top 10 and uh, how, they, how the richest people in the, in the world is changing. So when it comes to the video, like uh, as I observed, there has been a lot of debates, like people saying, oh, this is nothing, or, uh, this is, uh, or some, someone like me definitely thinking that the video is going to be the next future mega play that every business, everyone needs to pay attention. Uh, as I said last time, whether you like it or not, but it's really like your decision. Um, but for me, it's more critical. Is like um, if you embrace this change, and then you how to apply that to um, to the process of your transformation. So that's very important. So I think this quote definitely comply uh, can apply to any time, anyone, or any business. Any business. That's why we love it. Thank you. And Marco, another reason I love the quote is because that's the theme of this radio series, Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. And in fact, yes, the whole point of this show is the future depends on what all of us do today, right here on the radio, our listening audience, our colleagues, friends, families. It's truer today in a very personal way for all of us than it has ever been before. I think I'm safe to say that. Thank you all. Great quotes. Twitter has frozen on me, so my tweet that is regarding all of your quotes is just sitting there kind of looking beige to me right now. I hope it picks up. So here we go. Let's go. We're technically in the roundtable portion of the show right now. We're making great time. So we are going to talk about the predictions from my panelists. If you're just tuning in, this is Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. We are live on March 25th, 2020. Oh, my goodness gracious. And our topic today is, look, Ma, I'm on camera. The future of B2C video. My co-producer is Ryan Treasure, my very, very special guest. They're all such great thought leaders. Lorraine Maurice at SAP. Richard Hegarty at DPM, I'm sorry, DMI Group. That's the Digital Marketing Institute. Barb Giamanco at Barbara Giamanco, Social Centered Selling, and Marco Kai at SAP. And I'm still Bonnie, a.k.a. Radio Red, and Twitter's giving me another chance to tweet. Let's see if it goes this time. So, Lorraine Maurice, you're up first. Let's go with your number one prediction. You sent a lot of good information here. You say, the future of video content relies on the growth of social media ah, and has changed the way of reaching customers with B2C marketing. Lorraine, I'm going to stop there and let you expand this. Why don't you take about a minute and a half, and then I'm going to go to a prediction from Richard, and then one from Barb, and one from Marco. If any of my panelists wants to reference 
points back to somebody else's prediction, do it when I call on you. But I want to see how many we can cover in the time we have left. Lorraine, you're up. Go ahead. Well, I don't know how many of you have uh, under 15-year-olds, maybe even under 18-year-olds in your household, but all they do is watch videos. They don't even use some of the other media forms today. So they are completely in socially ingrained. So it's whether it's a TikTok, which is a form of video, and even in some of the um, Snapchats, which is more video. These kids up to millennials are totally ingrained with the visual aspect of who they are and what they want to do and how they want, you know, how they want to absorb information. So this is, again, I go back to using the words. My favorite word is, if you can't, won't be able to tell, is being a trusted advisor. If majority of our business is being done online as a consumer, whether what are we buying, what are we looking for, we want to be able to touch and feel, but we don't do that over the computer, right, over the Internet. So using, the, using videos allows us to become, it became our new touch and feel. It, it shows us what we're looking at. There's so many different aspects to the, how you see a certain graphic. Like I bought my car recently online. And what? There was a, a salesperson, yeah, there was a salesperson assigned to me. I did all my research, then a salesperson got assigned to me. Then they assigned a local dealer, and all I did was walk in, sign a paper, and walk out. But I was able to see a 360 view. Um, I was able to look at every, you know, nook and cranny. I was able to negotiate everything. And I think that's the world today, that people, number one, find their information online. That's nothing new to us. We do our research, but also video allows us, in my opinion, to have uh, it's the new touch and feel instead of being physically at some place. It gives you that opportunity. Lorraine, I have been seeing ads for, I think it's Lincoln is doing national network TV ads about buy your car at a distance online. And I was amazed at that. I thought, what a great, what a quick pivot of a marketing, right, Barb and Richard and Marco and Lorraine? What a great pivot of how to be timely and relevant to your customers in, I'll just say, the times we're living in right now. But Lorraine, I have one question for you. Could you smell that new car smell before you bought the car? Come on, we all know we love to get in a new car. It's like... I think they spray oh. something, but Lorraine, did you miss that opportunity to go for that test drive and smell the car? Come on. No, but the first thing I thought of when you said that is that they could have followed up with my research and having captured my information with a direct mail that had one of those little new car fragrance um, displays. I forget what they're called, but the little uh, you know fragrance things you hang in your car. That would have been a oh, great yeah. follow-up to close the deal. There you go. There you go. Thank you for letting me say that. I didn't want to get creepy, but I think I need, I still can't get that tweet out with your quotes. It's just sitting there. Anyway, thank you very much. Richard Haggerty, I'm looking at your prediction number one. This is controversial. It's interesting. You say, have we been misguided? Long form video is back. Richard, talk to me. Yes, certainly. Let me, uh, as you say, Bonnie, let me unpack that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, just before I do, just to Lorraine's, and buying the car online, I think that's really cool. Um, and it really can show how the technology we're talking about today can really change, uh, you know, customer behavior. Um, very interesting. So, yeah, so, okay. Um, 
I think to start off with, we need to be customer obsessed. We need to really have a relentless focus on a customer centric, you know, really thinking about the customer and thinking about how can we connect in a meaningful way and a memorable way to our audience. Um, and uh, the idea that the human attention span is shrinking, I believe, is questionable. Um, now, mm-hmm. short form video, short form video, it, there's no denying that uh, this is important. Okay, so I'm, I'm not trying to say it's not, uh, and it's easy to consume. We think about the social platforms that we spend our time in. Uh, they're geared towards this short video. Uh, we're on the move, we're on the go, not so much today, but usually are. Uh, we live in a mobile mad world. So we're set up and, and we've, we've become, you know, um, uh, an audience that just consumes quickly everybody's time poor. So short form video, by all means, has its place, definitely. Um, however, uh, sometimes it can be difficult for businesses um uh, brands to connect in a memorable way to their audience with with short video, with the the noise of short video, and and I think long form video allows you to really tell a story and mm-hmm. to really kind of use your your customers and using user generated content and 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 be able to have a a more memorable connection that that customers can come away from. Um, so, like, if you look at some of the, you know, main players, uh, leaders in the space, in the B2C space, you know, Nike, Red Bull, Amazon, they've all crushed it with long-form video in 2019. So, um, you know, in summary, I believe we need both, um, but with so much noise and so much short video, uh, long-form video can create a more engaging experience for the audience and more memorable connection. Uh, you can also consider with long-form video that you can chop it up and have short video as well mm-hmm. from that. So, um, so that's my two cents. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Richard, what's the length for long form? Are we talking five minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour? What's long form versus well, like, short form? My understanding is 10, 10 minutes. So once you get up into 10 minutes, you're in long form, you know, so it's okay. a long form video. Good to know. Thank you very much. Barbara Giamanco, working our way around the table. I'm going to go with your prediction number one, which goes back to what you said when you were commenting on Joe Paluzzi's quote in the beginning. And you say, quality will beat quantity. I changed one word in there. Forgive me. You say, to ensure quality and consistency in video communications, especially for employees in customer-facing roles, which could be service and sales, companies will provide them with video success kits or specific standards to follow when creating video. People need the right technology, the Wi-Fi bandwidth, etc. Barb, please unpack this for us. This is so important. Go ahead, Barbara. Well, I'm going to come at this again from the point of view that now more than ever with people working from home that typically didn't and they might be in, you know, sales development roles, they're on the front lines, they now really have to use video quite a bit in order to make a great first impression. And you shouldn't do that in a really shoddy kind of way. You don't have to spend a time. This is not about making a Hollywood production, but it is about creating the right impression for you as an individual and for the company that you work for. And so I think that you do need to make sure that you have some quality standards to follow. In fact, Marco talked about that on our last call, that SAP has some things that they recommend people do, and I agree with that. And so I think companies can't just leave it to employees to figure it out. I think they will put together little, you know, success kits in a box, if you will, right? Um, the green screen, whatever they might need, and also give them some pointers about how to conduct a sales conversation 
on video because it's not mm-hmm. exactly the same as if you just do it on the phone. It's not even exactly the same as if you do it in person. And then many companies are also recording those calls. So if there's going to be playback later and you want to use that as an opportunity yes. as follow-up with your, your potential customer, I think you just have to consider the quality of it. Just don't slam it out. Just roll out of bed with, you know, having not taken a shower and think that people aren't going to notice that kind of thing. Well, we talked about new car smell with Lorraine buying her car online, Barb. You said if you don't take a shower before a video, people will notice it. Barbara, you just predicted the next dimension of video. I'm sorry. You really, you really well, just did. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, 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 it's really seriously. I, I'm not even going to say it's old school. It's not old school. There is a lot of competition out there unless you only make the one widget in the marketplace. You do really need to conduct yourself in a slightly uh, higher yep. level of professionalism. I'm not talking Absolutely. suit and tie, but I am yep. saying if it's worth it to you to do business with this customer, then it's up to you to prove it and earn their business by representing yourself and your company well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. Marco, I'm looking at your number four prediction because I think it's really, you knew that. It's really, really cool. And let's go here. You say virtual reality video experience will bloom. What will that look like? Mm. What will that feel like? Marco, talk to me. This is fascinating. Go ahead. Sure. This is super exciting for me. I'm not not sure if you uh, have the chance to watch the video where a Korean mom Lost uh, who lost um, her doc- doctor like to some disease or uh, yes, years ago. Yes, I saw it. And there was it. a company that created a video. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think one thing we have to watch is uh, the coming of the five G. Uh, with five G, the internet traffic, the speed and the capacity will be right like rising um, unimaginable. So I'm sure the ecosystem of a uh, how companies that trying to create a virtual uh, virtual reality uh, video will be uh, with the times number. Numbered and um, people because people are very visual and just just I want to echo a little bit what you mentioned that smell I think people want to replicate what they cannot mm-hmm. get in the real life in a yep. digital form so if one day we can create the sense and uh, the not only the visual but the, only the hearing the sense the touch and the smell uh, in a virtual reality um, environment, that's with just you know, totally transforming uh, humanity into next level. So, but uh, I, I think the key point is when the 5G is going to bloom. So that's the point. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm just going to go around the table on that one because it's it's very interesting. I did see that video, Marco. It was hard to watch, the mother watching a virtual reality yeah. version of what her daughter would be doing and what she would look like, and she had lost her to cancer or, or something similar, and it was very heartbreaking. I couldn't even watch the whole thing. But what would be let, – let me just go around the table and see Lorraine and then Richard and Barb. What do you think applications would be other than that very personalized, very deeply felt uh, application? that Marco described that so many people around the world witnessed. Uh, Lorraine, how would that be used possibly in video or just in personal, in um, business video or personalized? What do you think? Any thoughts about that? Yeah, I, I'm sitting here. I'm kind of like deep in thought about it. I, you know, yeah. I, I think so, the more personalized it is, um, the more, I, I think, um, attention and viewership you get. So going back to, um, I think, um, I can't remember exactly who said it, but it's, it's um, knowing what you want to focus on. And if you're, mm-hmm. you know, and I think based on what you want to focus on, 
and what your outcome is would determine which application to use and, and, and how to go to market. I think it becomes very specific, whether it's one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many, um, how, how you would proceed and what your message would be. Thank you. And just so you all know, I just, you, well, you all know me well. I Googled virtual reality videos and I came up with in 0.77 seconds, in the time I said that, it's passed already, 4,930,000,000 results. Okay. And the one that popped up first was the top five roller coaster videos in 4K virtual reality. Does that surprise anybody? Interesting. No, and that was the hot present this year, um, or virtual reality tools where you could be yes. riding the roller coaster, walking a plank, standing on a tall wow. building, jumping off a cliff. So it, it's, I'm not sure where, and maybe some of the other panelists know, I'm not sure where virtual reality has made a, a huge impression in, in the business world, maybe in some of the graphical views, but definitely in the consumer world. Absolutely. Richard, thoughts on that from your perspective at the Digital Marketing Institute about VR? What do you think? Are you seeing it in business or is it is yeah. it off to the side? Go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think we'll, we'll certainly, I, I believe we'll really see uh, VR and AR, virtual reality and augmented reality, you know, come into places that is inconceivable probably to how we think today. Um, um, in terms of, you know, adoption, I think it's still very much in its infancy, but lots of businesses are starting to use the technology. We talked about buying cars, you know, online, and, and, you know, you see a lot of the leading brands using that virtual reality where you can sit and experience the car in a virtual setting. Um, uh, and also, you know, Cisco, they've ran, ran a conference before with virtual reality where you could go in uh, as a customer and look through their products, in a, you know, in virtual settings. So um, I think it's really exciting, like, you know, 5G, uh, VR, AR, um, it's, it's all kind of in its infancy and uh, about adoption and, and technology. So I think that's, that's what we're going to see really explode over the coming, you know, years ahead. Thank you. Barb Giamanco, I bet you have something to say about this. What's your experience with or your POV personal opinion about, point of view about VR in business videos? What do you think? Well, uh, I'll just stick with my theme of, you know, the whole selling piece of it. I think one thing that would be really interesting is to, with all due respect to anybody listening who does demos, cut the boring demos and use virtual reality <laughs> as a way to really bring a potential customer into the experience of integrating your product into whatever your business is, right? And sure, you can watch a video and you can get a sense of that. And sure, you could, you know, get into the demo and look at how certain things are done. But what if you could actually walk on a shop floor and see it in action? Or what if you could really see what productivity gains were like real time in a virtual setting. That's just like top of mind. I mean, on the consumer side, I can think of all kinds of things like test driving your car and trying on clothes. But in the business world, I think there's an opportunity to further personalize in really interesting and creative ways, especially from a sales point of view. Thank you very much. Marco, that was a very provocative topic. Thank you for bringing that up. You knew I was going to go to that one first. Let's see if we can squeeze in a couple more predictions here. Lorraine, I'm looking at yours here. Uh, this is interesting. I'm going to go to your number four as well, Lorraine. Cisco predicts, I think Richard mentioned this, video will make up 82% of consumer Internet traffic in the U.S. in upcoming years. Uh, it's highly effective, we know, in marketing, and it's very informative. Do you think this will be, Lorraine, let's, let's take your prediction to a, a specific point here. Do you think it will be 
90% of what marketers are focusing on. Let's use that double entendre, Barb, again, focus. What do you think, Lorraine? How, how important will it be, especially in our climate, if, if our social isolation and distancing continues? Lorraine, how really important will it be? Well, I think it's important no matter what. I think it has to be a substantial part of the marketing mix, and it needs to be part of everybody's budget, whether you're selling to a consumer or a business, because that's how the majority of people are absorbing content. It is by, you know, clicking on a video, um, finding an answer, um, learning something, or just having fun. Um, what have I been watching? I was trying to think. I've been watching. Uh, this is going to sound quirky, but I watched the Dallas Cowboy cheerleader auditions on on, <laughs> on YouTube videos. Um, I, I was fascin- fascinated by the process. So whether you know whatever it interests you, um, the more again I go back to people are visual, and um, I think that. Traditional marketing is not going to go away. We still need to pick up the phone. We'll still need to send an email. But attached in the email is probably a video. So, again, I think it's critical. Um, and it's the way, again, I just I was over with my 14-year-old niece. She sat there the whole day and watched videos on YouTube and other tools. That, that was what she did. It wasn't a movie. It wasn't a game. It was videos. Thank you very much. I think that's the way we're going. And Richard Hegarty, I know that your prediction number four, we've already talked about, so I'm just going to read it, but I'm going to number two. You say, video content is no longer a nice to have. It's a necessity for today and tomorrow. We've already talked about that, and that's a great way of summing it up. Here's what you say in prediction number two. When you mix live video streaming plus influencer marketing, you can move to the next level with video content. You got a couple of good elements in there, live video streaming and influencer marketing. Richard, why don't you unpack that for us, please? Yeah, certainly. Thanks, Bonnie. Yeah, this this approach uh, provides, I, I think, a really highly engaging personal experience, you know, for people. And we've been talking a lot about personalization and, and the need and expectation from, from the consumer to have that. You know, if we consider Amazon, the B2C mammoth, you know, we can gain insights onto, you know, what we should be doing with our customer experience and how we should influence our content. Um, Amazon have built an empire through a frictionless, hyper-personalized experience for the consumer. Uh, so the bar has been set high when we think about that personal connection to people wanting to connect to your brands, your products, your services. Um, so now if we think about video content and having um, uh, live video streaming provides a perfect personal way for your audience to connect with you, connect with your brand. Um, so live video streaming, this, it's a great solution. It's, uh, it's accessible, easily accessible, um, you know, through all the social platforms and technology we have. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, in the short to medium term, it's going to be very important. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a great way to be able to make that personal connection through that live streaming. Uh, now, when you throw in uh, influencer marketing into the mix, that's really where you can get an immersive, engaging, personal uh, experience where, you know, your audience can connect with people they admire and, uh, and look up to um, in, uh, in a live way, um, asking questions, discussing things about your products and services, new releases, etc. So I think like influencer marketing, you can also consider micro-influencers. You know, people don't need to go off and have uh, extremely famous, you know, with 
people with large, huge audiences, like micro-influencers can be 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 followers of a, of a, of a perf- person of influence who has a highly engaged mm-hmm. audience. And, you know, if you're selling, like, photography training or something like that, and you've got somebody in that niche area who's got a, an audience of a couple of thousand that are highly engaged, that can be a really effective way to engage uh, your audience in, in that kind of immersive, personal way. So, um, so yeah, I think when we consider hyper-personalization, that these, these two elements give us a perfect uh, platform and, and way of doing that. Thank you very much. And, Barb, I'm looking at prediction number two, which is along similar lines. Companies will incorporate live streaming into their video strategy. But, Barb, let's go to measurement. How do you count what you can and can't count? We all know about that old old adage, and it's important. So your prediction number three, Barbara, is companies will expect better data analytics to help understand what type of video content works and why. Barb, great comment here. What do you think? How will they get that analytics? Are they there yet? Well, uh, yes, there are a number of companies like Brightcove and others that are building these platforms to help you get better analytics about videos specifically. And one of the reasons why I thought it was important to talk about that is when we talk about video or when we talk about learning, people don't all consume content in the same way, nor do they always. So I get that a lot of the kids want to watch video First, I still like to read first and then immerse myself and try things, and then I'll go to the video if I need, say, tech help, right? Also, we need to recognize that in North America, video consumption is more prevalent than other areas of the world. And then add to that that you got cultural differences in other areas of the world. So I think marketers in particular are going to want to know which content is working best for different regions and areas of the world, and then they'll adjust actually their strategy and where they invest their time and their funding and all of that sort of thing. So I think that's going to be really important. You know, assuming that everybody is going to consume it in the, in the same way, I think is really dangerous. And so you're going to have to get more uh, personalized. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. I think we all know there are some companies that are using video responses to emails. I think you all know who I'm talking about, where you send an email and it says, hi, I'm out of the office, can't talk to you right now. Looking forward to hearing from you. Here's my phone number. Here's my email. Here's my my LinkedIn uh, link. Here's my, my Twitter handle. And we'll talk to you soon. And it's a video message. Let me just go around the table. That's personalized. That's marketing. That's short forum content, Richard. Let's start with Lorraine and quickly go around because we're almost at the end of the show. Does that work for you? Is that something that would make you happy, would make you uh, uh, annoyed? What, what would it be? Lorraine, just quickly uh, one sentence comment to that, and then we'll finish up. Lorraine, first. I, I, it would make me happy. That, that's fine with me. I don't find it intrusive. I, I find it engaging, and I would go along and, and, and return the call whenever. So I would be all in for that type of communication. Ah, good to know. Richard Haggerty, you like that one or not so much? Yeah, I mean, like the point Barb made earlier is it's it needs to be done at high quality and done well. And I think if it's if it's done well and um, uh, good quality, uh, that's okay. I, I feel that uh, you know I would respond to that as well. Um, yeah. Okay, Barbara Giamanco, you know who I'm talking about. What do you think? Do you like that version of personalization? Yeah, you know, I think in context. So if I've just had a sales call with with a a great prospect and I can create a very, you know, quick 
professional sort of like, here's what we covered versus in an email. I like that. The I'm out of office, I'll get back to you whenever I can with Hawaii in the background. No, I think that's lame and I don't respond to that. Thank you very much. Very interesting comment in the background. I have to be how's careful that, with my... How's that, how's that for direct? But I am consistent. It's what I said the last time you and what I've said before. Are, and I think are, it's right <laughs> context I, matters. I have to be careful when I get my green screen what kind of virtual backgrounds I use. I don't want to upset well, anyone. I, I, I want to see the drum set in your background. That's what I want oh, to Oh, you know what? I'll take a picture of my Ludwig set, yes, I, with my Zildjian symbols. I will do that. Thank you very much. Marco... What do you think? Uh, would you answer that kind of, would you be happy to see that kind of response from somebody with a short video saying, sorry, I missed your call? Yeah, uh, uh, yes and no. I think, I think um, as a marketer or as business, we have put something about a video. That's experience. Like uh, when we train people on the digital setting, something we want always to focus is put, your, uh, put yourself in the shoes of the, the customer or whoever you want to reach out. I think... Maybe this video could be a very nice um, format to introduce yourself, like to have opening, because people um, probably want to make more efforts to know you. But just if just the auto uh, auto reply, and I need to click and uh, get some website and uh, click uh, play the video, I think that's probably a little bit more over. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to see that like ten times. Imagine you receive the same video message for ten times. That's yes. That's definitely annoying for myself. So I think you have to put yourself in shoes in, in a situation scenario and the uh, biggest terms you are expecting the uh, the people you reach out to uh, to have. Very so that's interesting. That's a mic drop for Marco right there. Mic drop <laughs> right on. Wasn't oh, that something? I love that. Thank yeah. you, Marco. That's cool. And Marco, I just found out that because we started late, we're getting an extra four minutes of time. So Marco, I want to go to your prediction sure. number three because everybody got two predictions and I want to make sure you get yours too. So I'm looking at number three and you say KOL. I had to look that up. I think it means key opinion leader plus video will continue to change the game for businesses, reshaping the customer buying behaviors and journey. So key opinion leader. Did I get that right, Marco? Why don't you tell me about two minutes what this yeah. means? Go ahead. Uh, maybe in America you call it influencer, uh, but I think this uh, actually a little bit similar to what Richard just mentioned. Um, I think my sister would definitely agree on this because, uh, you know, uh, think about how girls uh, pick, pick up the customer or makeup, right? You know, before mm-hmm. they go to Sofera and they go to uh, different uh, stores and compare the colors and the textures, whatever. But now my sister just follows some KOL on the, on the tic, um, TikTok or Instagram, mm-hmm. and uh, she will buy anything that, uh, that the, the KOL recommended. <laughs> So that's just a super, super shortened decision-making process. Like she will even buy the brand she never heard of. So I think once this applied to B2C and B2B, and uh, I think this is definitely going to change. This is actually goes back to how I say that video or the, the uh, behavior of video is actually impacting how human actually consuming information and making decisions. So, but I, I, I'm also very interested to hear um, what the other experts uh, are thinking. 
I want to go around the table on that one. So we little talk talk a little bit about influencers before, but KOL, I like that. It's really cool. Uh, Lorraine, what do you think? Would you buy anything? Lorraine, did you buy a car because somebody famous was was in the 360 video telling you? I, we didn't even ask you what car you bought, Lorraine. You don't have to tell us. But uh, would you buy? Would you follow a KOL, a key opinion leader of uh, an influencer that you really liked, Lorraine, or do you think that's just something for teenagers? Go ahead, Lorraine. <laughs> I, kind of, uh, I, 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 I side again. Um, I think there's some validity to it if it's, if it's a true endorsement. And I think sometimes it's difficult to tell true versus paid endorsement. But if it's somebody that I feel is truly engaged and involved in, in, in the product I'm trying to make a decision on, then, you know, I'll do it. You know, for example, some of these kind of makeup, lotion, com- you know, commercials and things with, mm-hmm. you know, a good start, that doesn't influence me. But if there's somebody making a difference in the world and, and I understand it and, and read articles about that and they, they recommend something, I'm more inclined um, to, to use that. In, in my decision-making process, but as one element of my process, not yes. the complete process. Interesting. I just have to say there's a very well-known, very beautiful actress who is doing uh, wrinkle cream, anti-wrinkle cream on TV, and she says, wrinkles are so yesterday. I'm looking at this face. She couldn't be more than 38 years old. She's got the most phenomenally perfect, gorgeous skin, and I'm thinking, seriously? Why would I, you know, I, I can't be her. We can't be her. What is she doing with anti-wrinkle cream? To me, that's a, Marco, that's a reverse of a KOL. She's opinion leader in the wrong opinion. I don't care what she thinks. I'm not going to take her advice because she looks like that when she wakes up in the morning. So I'm sorry. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> Richard Hegarty, what do you think? Would you follow a key KOL, key opinion leader, no matter where they, if you really like them or believed in them, would you buy anything they recommend? Um, it's a good question. So I, 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 I mean, I think, think Lorraine made a valid point, um, and it would it would resonate with me. You know, I, the person would need to have, um, you know, authority or a kind of thought leadership, or I need to respect and really kind of feel the person who was uh, representing the brand, the product or service, really believed in that and uh, and had a, a kind of. Uh, some kind of thought leadership or authority around uh, what they're talking about as opposed to just somebody looking pretty saying this is great. That wouldn't really, um, you know, work for me. I love it. Barb, I have just enough time for you. Someone looking pretty and saying this is great. Is that, is that what KOLs are down to? Bar- Marco, I loved your comment, by the way. This is a great conversation started. Barb, what do you think? Well, I think it depends. Is it business to consumer or business to business? On the business to consumer, sure. I consider peer reviews. Uh, on the business to business side, I do as well. But I also think you factor in the ticket price. So if you just stick with business to business, this is something Richard's going to uh, relate to. You know, in the digital world, we've been saying for years how important peer reviews are. That is why there are, you know, review sites and people do ask their peers and their colleagues. And quite honestly, if you're a good salesperson, you're developing that sort of that trusted advisor status. So people do look to you for an opinion. Is it going to be the only thing? Uh, I think it's going to be a sliding scale. If you're involved in a decision to buy a $150,000 product, you're just going to take one person's word for it. Probably not. If I'm going to buy a new case for my iPhone, yeah, sure. Why not? 
Thank you very much. Very interesting commentary. I have so much enjoyed speaking with the four of you. I I think you're one of my favorite panels, and I'm going to invite you back soon because we need to find another version of this topic because the camaraderie was great, and I think we all needed to be cheered up and to share our cheering up with the world. I want to thank Ryan Treasure, my co-producer at World Talk Radio, Voice America, Aaron Keller, my engineer with the nerves of steel. Aaron, thank you for the extra few minutes. We appreciate that because we did start late. Technical difficulties. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you so much for tuning in to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Lorraine Maurice, you got to come back more often. Miss you. Love your insights. Richard Hegarty, you absolutely rock. Barb Giamanco, you're just a font of great information. We appreciate it. And Marco, you you really made me smile today. Great information. <laughs> and I, I love what you said about the makeup. I don't think I ever was one of those girls, but you never know. I could become one again. You've been listening to Technology Revolution, the future of now. Remember, the future of now didn't happen yet. People say the future is already here. Well, they're just talking about the future of yesterday. Forget about that. You and I and everybody on the show and our listeners, you're all part of making the future. We wanted a good one, a safe one, a healthy one. All I can say is be smart, be safe, be well. I love all our listeners around the world, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bonnie D. Graham drumming off. Brum, rat-a-tat-tat. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Technology Revolution, the future of now. Mark your calendar to join host Bonnie D. Graham every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel to hear how technology is impacting your future now.